Let's have a party all beneath. Let's have a big bash all beneath. Let's celebrate now all beneath. Another scandal all beneath. That's what your vote is gonna get. Any time you ain't seen nothing best. We're going all the way at that. And here we are live. This is What's Left in Albany. I'm your host, Dan Platt. Um, is actually talk about the South End Grocery and its closing and how it's taking the African American Community Center down with it, though I don't have all the details in front of me on that. So they have bought a property for their South End Grocery Store. Purchase a former McDonald's building, land at Madison Avenue and South Pearl Street, is a major step in effort to build store for Albany neighborhood. Um, the two, a grocery for the South End moved much closer to opening with the announcement Tuesday that the African American Cultural Center purchased the old McDonald's property at the corner of Madison Avenue and South Pearl Street, shaped sort of like a boat. The center purchased the property at 106 South Pearl from the land's owner, which was the Albany Housing Authority, the city, or at least a city department with the hope of opening the store there early next year. Why didn't they just give it to them? Why did they have to buy it? It's a public department, but that's uh, that's what I don't like about authorities, is that they're, as much, they're, they're almost like a public-private partnership. Like, you know, housing authority, parking authority, they, they're in their own little worlds, almost separate from city policy or city governance. It really yeah it's and it it opens the door for corruption which exists or just autocratic behavior of directors that's like just let me do my job do your job not building enough new housing some of them aha has done more but again why not just give them the land anyway those behind the project said the store will bring fresh and healthy food to an area referred to well, to an area that is a food desert. We don't need euphemisms here. Or, say, an area referred to by others. We're not going to call it a food desert because, obviously, no. It's a food desert because of the lack of options to purchase groceries. The people of the South End, black and oppressed peoples, have reason for joy today. It is my honor to endow assets and control production in a sovereign means for these people. Although a grocery store isn't really production, means of distribution definitely an essential part of life. African-American Cultural Center Executive Director, as well as the Blue Light Development Group President. So he does. He has both hats. I look forward to our formal opening in spring. Now, this did not happen. So moved a bit later. Uh, don't know what the exact uh, opening date or area is, but there's still, uh, some delay has occurred. 
So anyway, the, uh, the building itself is about 3,000 square feet. It sits on about an acre and a half of land because it includes a parking lot, which they were using to pretty good effect during Juneteenth. Earlier this year, the Cultural Center announced it was looking to open a full-service grocery store at the now-closed restaurant. You can call it that. An early plan intended to redevelop the space for El Pion Market, a convenience store that has already operated at 179 South Pearl as a limited-service grocery store for the last few years. So this was their first plan, I guess. If Blue Light Development and African American Cultural Center are unable to secure an appropriate operator, they have letters of interest from the Food Bank of Northeastern New York and Capital Roots to operate satellite locations on the site. Right. So they need, it's obvious they're not opening and starting like their own food co-op, which is kind of what I thought they were doing, but I guess it's an operation. So the early plan was to have the one of the bodegas across the street kind of run the market. Great. From bodega to grocery store. That's why I didn't like that sentence. It's like, okay, what happened to that plan? Did the plan fall through? But no, no, I guess that's their backup if they don't secure any inappropriate operator. Okay, fine. So that's their backup plan. God, that's why I don't like it. That should have been after, at the end of the sentence. I'd say if they can't, like here are the appropriate operators, and if they can't secure them, they have a backup, which is the bodega operator across the street. And like the affordable housing, there are many organ- organizations and uh, partners involved in the purchase, probably even more. Grants and loans from Capcom, KeyBank, the Albany County Capital Resource Corp, Blue Light Development Group, which is, I guess, the um, what was created by the African American Cultural Center, and MVP Healthcare covered the 850000 purchase price and closing costs. County officials said. MVP said, and that's why I don't like this article should kind of tease out what the relationship between Blue Light and the AACC is. Is Blue Light like a subproject? Is um is Trayvon Jackson it says like he's he's the head of both organizations. Cause some people are made the director or like the board chair of an org because they have like they already have an asset that that organization wants to use or wants, you know, gives them, gives them a stake. Uh, so, so the purchase price, which I swear should have just been a dollar, but it was 850000 which seems like it's an acre and a half, true, and it is downtown. But holy, sh- holy moly, this is for like a public, I mean, but it's, I guess that's the point. It's not a public enterprise. It's not a community any enterprise. I'm confused. I don't like when articles, I mean, it's good to have more questions, I suppose. It's good. And maybe there are new things. I was, I think I was just, maybe there's more recent articles, but again, it's not like they're that long and they don't go in depth. But anyway, the last uh, bit of it is, you know, a quote from, County Executive Dan McCoy about, you know, health equity and taking a village. (laughs) But this announcement is a great example of how the public and private sectors can come together to overcome big challenges. Because it's not like the private sector would just open a grocery store downtown. No, no. Can't do that. It's got to be half public. Or at least have a public stakeholder or community stakeholder. But if that's like... 
this is how it's worked out, and this is probably how it had to happen. I don't like um, But I do have four Times Union stories here in succession that I'll read uh, bits or all of to give kind of something of a picture of the story here. And it kind of started with a red flag that maybe I, I actually re-listened and I... So, uh, but the, the summary is that I maybe, I didn't really catch on in full, but it, it was something of a mental red flag that it was mentioned that uh, some of the funding sources for the South End Grocery to fill the food desert here in the South End was partially funded by banks, meaning they were taking out loans. Kind of a red flag for a nonprofit to take out loans for something. You know, why wasn't this completely public funding? Wasn't it why wasn't it grants or some federal grant? But it was also Key Bank and Broadview and and what have you. And so I'm like, huh? So let's let's go through the text that mentions that. This is from going right into a Times Union grand opening announced for South End Grocery in Albany uh, by Melissa Mano, December twenty fifth, twenty. 22. And just for the full intro, if you need to hear it again, I'm Dan Platt. I cover stories of public and community interest here in Albany, New York, and I am a lefty. So that, thus it's what's left in Albany. I try to look for what's left. Double meaning, obviously. Is there a lot here? Is there anything going on? Sometimes it seems like a good thing. There's a lot going on all the time, depending on what circle you're in. If you... Yeah. So, uh, but it's also what's left, what's left wing, what's left politics. What are the things that are happening that can build towards a more equitable and democratic future? So a community effort to combat the food desert in Albany South End by pro providing equitable access to healthy produce and groceries will come to fruition on Tuesday of the grand opening of the South End Grocery. So this was a full year and a half ago. There was a ribbon cutting. It mentions, um, so partnership of over 75 organizations, there was no lack of partners, led by Blue Light Development Group, which is the director's own business. So there's Red Flag 1, but he made it like a development group. Is it a private business that's his? It seemed he made it something that was nonprofit. Uh, and the African-American Cultural Center of the Capital Region, who purchased the former McDonald's building last year. Uh, and they bought it for a hefty sum, but I guess, uh, it was a matter of the, the housing authority. It wasn't going to sell it to them for a dollar, even though the city will sell the Palace Theater for a dollar to the nonprofit that the mayor's on the board of. Uh, so the group of community representatives and advocates have since transformed the location to a full-service uh, operation. Well, did they? Uh, certainly, they, they f seem to focus on hot meals and providing takeout, which kind of goes against that this is a grocery store for people who, who need to cook for themselves. Because um, cooking for yourself is better outcomes, health-wise, uh, budget-wise. So Trayvon Jackson is the name of the guy. He's the president of Blue Light Development Group, an executive director of the African American Cultural Center. So that's two hats. Should he have had two hats on? You know, he's, he's a development group. And I'm like, wait, so it's his development group. And what is it? Is it a nonprofit? Is it for-profit? And he's, like, contracting it out. So with the fortitude of our partners, Blue Light has successfully set forth the first charitable partnership of its type in Albany, thus implying that it's not a charitable organization, his development group. 
you know, what, what, what? So black owned farm to table, affordable grocery store subsidized by syndicated philanthropy, but also bank loans. This comes in later. So a joint effort was spearheaded by a number of organizations, including Soul Fire Farm. They're providing some of the produce. MVP Healthcare, which I assume provide grants, money. Key Bank. But is it, again, is it coming from their foundation? Apparently, it was an actual full bank loan. Envision Architects. They would be designing, doing the renovating. Albany Artisans, Greenman Pearson Inc., South End Night Market, which is just an org that uh, arranges for... Um, you know, some mass tabling in the lot, you know, because of a sizable parking lot uh, in the downtown bid, though I don't know what they were providing. So saying that this model works and as a socialist who wants kind of public, real public enterprises, none of this man be pan, but private public partnership saying um, the South End grocery is the solution to food deserts. This model works. Natasha Pernetic, executive director of the food pantries for the capital region, said in a statement. Well, I'm here to tell you she was wrong. Maybe not maliciously wrong or ignorantly wrong. I don't know what kind of wrong it is, but it wasn't a working model. Let's get into what happened. So this is the next one I could find. July 28th of this year. South End Grocery nears reopening after temporary closure. The accidental discharge of a fire extinguisher July 8th for staff to spend weeks deep cleaning the market. So they had a setback, right? Shouldn't be the death of a business, right? But most businesses do fail within three years. This one barely made one. But essentially, you know, there's a number of factors here. A, grocery stores already have razor fin margins. They're not usually the most profitable business. They just happen to be the most necessary business, which is kind of wonders why, why is it even poor profit? Shouldn't all grocery stores basically be some community enterprise at this point or will be, could be, you know, who's really in it for the money? Who's really, you know, what corporation is it? It's not like, and that's the thing. Grocery stores just don't make enough money. If, unless you're making mucho profits, then you just close the stores, as ShopRite just did. So I'm going to tie this into that, where they're not quite, their closing of stores is not quite making food deserts, but there are certain things that you could get there at a lower price that you can't get anywhere else. You know, they were good for buying bulk. They had certain items that they stocked that others didn't. And they were a unionized shop, as I worked there for a bit. But as I worked there, a little inside info, I got the impression from the union reps, uh, as well as mothers, and the fact that the Albany store kept getting a new manager every half a year, that whether or not we were successful, that the corporation down in Jersey didn't really care about the Albany stores or the Albany area stores they were building. Because even while they were building new shop rights up here in this region, I was being told that it's like, no, if you workers ask for more or better conditions or a better manager, uh, they're just closed the stores. It's just not worth it. They're not making enough money up here. So there, there's, and, and now they, they said they were going to close them at the end of this year. They're closing them like yesterday, even ahead of schedule. They were emptying the stores of the stock and shifting it towards, you know, downstate stores or whatever the hell. So they plan to reopen on Tuesday. This was, you know, after the July 8th. 
Back to the setback. The fire extinguisher discharged due to employee error, owner Trayvon Jackson said. Oh, now he's not the director. He's the owner of it. He added that. So, so here's the thing. I guess the South End Grocery is a nonprofit enterprise, but it's owned and operated as if it were a private business. But not only are grocery stores not usually profitable, especially not in the first year, not in the first five years maybe. Most businesses are not profitable in the first three years. They operate in the red. But this particular grocery was really small. It was a, not a very large space. Much even smaller than the original, um, well, I don't know, the original co-op, the Honestway co-op when it started. Uh, I forget what kind of space it was in. I, was not, I wasn't around. But let's even compare it to the space they had on Central Avenue um, off, off, the, off the main street was pretty cramped actually but it was it was much bigger than this this was a mcdonald's you know it's it's basically a bodega that would have fresh produce but because of local supply it would only have one type of produce at a time not very convenient nor functional what can you do Quote, we have a very small team who are very dedicated to this store remaining open, Jackson said. They're the ones who have been working, myself and my wife included, to get the store open, clean, and safe. The inhalation of chemicals found in fire extinguisher powder can cause sore throats, irritation, among other symptoms. You know, it's that kind of uh, chemical hazard. Jackson said that South End residents have expressed concern that the grocery store might be closed for good. Located at the corner of South Pearl Street and Madison Avenue, the black-owned grocery store ended a food desert in South End when it opened in December 2022. Though, more reporting needs to be done to see, did it really solve the food desert? Did it make it not a food desert with the amount of stock it had and the fact that, um, that their prices were not much lower? Only well-off, more middle-class residents in the South End could afford to go there and pay full price. But that was the problem, that the prices were high, but it was at sliding scale. It was pay as you can. Many groceries were given out. Now, I'm not against this. I'm not some right-winger who's like, you know, let people starve. If anything, I feel like all kind of food sources should be free. It's a right. Should just be a stipend, you know, like food stamps. Everyone gets X amount to go to a grocery store nearby um, to get X amount. And then any, anything else you want to buy, you can get. That's part of supplying. But that didn't seem to be the case. Like, you know, they just were not making money. Not that they needed to, but apparently they did. We'll get into that in the next part. Because uh, there's just another little bit here. I'm seeing a lot of people hoping and praying we weren't closed permanently, he said. It's notable for a reason. It's because it, the grocery store, was working and it was helping people. I don't deny that at all. But the accidental discharge uh, came about a week before the South End Grocery's six-month anniversary. Okay? Now, I never got in there because I would come around, because I would do things here at the station, WCAALP. Uh, I'm either down here on Tuesdays. At this hour, 8, 8 p.m. or after 5 or 6, uh, or I am uh, around here on, on Sunday or on the weekend. And they, this place was not open on Sundays. They didn't have Sunday hours. And I don't think they have Monday hours either. Either. Now, what kind of food store can't have week-long, you know, 
week around hours. Now, of course, workers should have days off. But that's that means you stagger the schedule. It was very weird um, how limited their stock, their inventory, and their you know workers that they have. So, and they kind of had basic stuff that any bodega could have. You know, it was kind of like a bodega plus because it had some produce. But here's where we get to the real bad news because that that's just a hiccup, right? You know, that's something you can easily recover from. It just means you're closed for a few days while you clean up. But Albany's South End Grocery Store in peril after loan defaults. This is from August 24th, 2023. The store has struggled to pay its debts in its first year of operation. Now, why would a nonprofit with all of these partners have debt after six months of being open? Can't debt kick in after the first few years like a college loan? Especially when it's an enterprise like this. But apparently, South and Grocery's future is in question after three lenders, the three different lenders, which include the Albany County Capital Resource Corporation. So when I, when I first read that the, some of the funds were coming from the county, I thought it was a grant. I thought it was public, just public funds for a public enterprise or, or rather a community project. You know, this is the way that neoliberalism that social needs are supposed to be met. The government will not pay for things outright. They will not set up their own organizations or programs. No, can't trust the government to do that, government bad. Well, but the people on the ground, that's grassroots, that's democratic. They'll set it up. We'll put it in their hands. It's them who will be responsible. But this sets up avenues for graft, grifters, and other sorts of sus behavior and activity. How to get around it? True community enterprises require a certain amount of financial infrastructure. You know, you need a community bank to fund community enterprises. Uh, particularly, as a Green Party person, we have on our agenda to have public banks. A public bank that provides low interest or no interest loans to community and social enterprises. Things that commercial banks, even nonprofit banks, like a, you know, will not provide. That's what we need. But no, they had three lenders. One of them was the county. And the other two were at real banks. Sent letters Tuesday indicating the store had defaulted on its loans. They've only been open seven months. The notices do not mean the store is immediately closing. But it does mean it's in peril. So the three lenders loaned the nonprofit store hundreds of thousands of dollars. That money, along with support from a number of philanthropists in the area... So it was the philanthropy, you know, we're funded by philanthropy, but also loans that helped transform a former McDonald's restaurant into one of the few places in the South End where residents can get fresh food, but also a little fast food because they were using the, the drive through windows from the McDonald's as takeout pickup. Um, so the Advanced Albany County Alliance, this is the county's economic development org that manages the CRC's loan. That's the again, County Resource Commission. So many, so many sub things. They notified the African American Cultural Center. So they're they're the owner of this, even though it's like they called Chavon Jackson the owner. Is he the personal owner with his blue light ink, or is it the cultural center? Apparently, this says it's the cultural center, and that the store owns still. $199,782 on a $200,000 loan. 
meaning they paid $300 on it. And they haven't made any payments since February of 2023. You know, because they, they just freaking opened. Anyway, so according to a letter, copy of the letter obtained by the Times Union through a freedom a FOIA request, Freedom of Information Act. The CRC, along with Key Bank and Broadview Federal Credit Union, a successor of Capcom Federal Credit Union, and it's a merger between them and CEFQ, signed a co-lender agreement where if one lender sends a default letter, the other two agencies send theirs. Are they making payments for the other two? Doesn't matter. So the CRC is the third lien holder on the property. Trayvon Jackson, leader of the South Bend Grocery Store Coalition, which is not an org name or anything like that, but he's the executive director of the AACC, said he had prioritized the store's mission over paying off its lenders. Which is just like, even when you're socialist like me, I don't deny the need that if you take out a loan from a private bank, I mean, or from a commercial bank, uh, or banks in any way, regardless, they're not really true commercial. It's not like Bank of America here, but Key Bank certainly is a commercial bank. If you're going to take a loan from them, you're, you've are you committed to paying them back. Okay. That's why as a socialist, like you crowdfund, you get public money, you know, you get socialized money <laughs> somehow. So big red flag. He said he had told his lenders that the loans would be overdue until they were able to change the payment terms to help the store. He said he saw the letter from the Alliance as part of a pressure campaign on him to go back to donors and ask for more money. It's strange that so much was put together to start the store, but there didn't seem to be enough money to run it for at least a whole year to cover its operations budget. How did you not plan this out? Was it expected that they would be at least breaking even? I think that would be highly optimistic. Breaking even, but then you need profit to pay back lenders. That's sort of one of my uh, first glimpses of a Marxian understanding. It's not really, of course, it's just pseudo like off the cuff thinking from me that like isn't isn't the whole problem with our economy? That uh, And I'm talking about like the contradiction of compound growth. That it's not enough to just break even, fulfill everyone's needs by growing enough supply. But in order to have that supply, you need to take out loans. And those loans need to be paid with interest. Compound interest, in fact. So you need compound profits. You can't just make 2% profit every year. You need to make 2% on what you made last year with 2%. So it's exponential growth. Even when the year-by-year GDP growth of, say, our country is at 3%, that's still actually exponential growth because it's 3%, like if you have $100, 3% of that is 103. Next, you need 3% growth on 103, which will then be a little more than $3. And then the next year will be more than that, and it'll be double than that, and then eventually you need to make $1,000 of profit, 10 times as much, and then 100 times as much. Where is it the value going to come from? Keep reinvesting it. Keep extracting from nature till everything's a burnt out husk. Eventually you run out. The problem with capitalism is that eventually you run out of things to exploit. You know, 
just to turn around that the problem with capitalism is you run out of people to tax. But on with the show. Uh, so in short, they're going to try to exert some pressure, which is really them trying to pressure me to pressure our philanthropic partners to give them money. Right? So it's, it's not... It's like I, I'm just the go-between between the givers, rich people who are givers, to give it to other rich people who are takers. <laughs> Jackson is also president of Blue Light Development, a nonprofit that has supported the store's mission. Supported as in, it's also Jackson's business. Now, in the first story, it didn't say whether or not what kind of business it was. It was Blue Light Development Group, which suggests it's for profit. Now it's just Blue Light Development. It's a nonprofit. He changed it. But did the books change? Apparently not. But maybe that's conjecture. Jackson said he has tried to get his lenders to agree to modify his loan terms until Blue Light Development receives a $1.5 million grant that U.S. Rep. Paul Tonko's office had requested for Blue Light Development through the 2024 federal budget process. But there's nothing worse than saying, like, I'm going to pay off my credit card bills by winning the lottery. Now, maybe it's like a one in three chance lottery, but it's still a big risk because that is not guaranteed money. Jackson said with that money, he could pay off all three loans, including an early payment penalty. Because that's the thing about loans. You can't actually pay them off. If you win the lottery, well, you can, but you have to pay a penalty because the point of the loan is that you, you they make max profit by you paying interest on it. If you pay off your loan and you're not paying the interest because, you know, you're just paying the, what's it called? Balance? No. Has, there's a name for it. They're losing out. But isn't that perverse? It's not about just getting your money back uh, if you're a lender. Uh, maybe if you're the community loan, but here, okay, so here's the last one. I, I don't know if I found a more recent one or if there was one in the New Times Union listings, but it's literally the next day, which is October, uh, sorry, August 25th of this year. Federal grant could help South End Grocery overcome loan challenges, but it would have strict guidelines filed by a Rose Schneider. So after lenders indicated this week that South End Grocery defaulted on its loans, a possible solution to use grant funds comes with caveats. The store opened in late December at 106 South Pearl Street and was lauded for its mission to bring fresh food in a grocery store to the South End, which qualifies as a food desert. Its three lenders loaned the nonprofit store hundreds of thousands of dollars. So it's like 200,000 times three. So like 600000 through default notices sent Tuesday do not mean the store is immediately closing. Trayvon Jackson, leader of the South and Grocery Store Coalition and executive director of the African American Cultural Center of the Capital Region, previously told the Times Union that a, a $1.5 million grant from Tonko's office could pay off all loans from all three vet lenders. Just repeating what I read last time. The grant is one of the 15 capital region projects Tonko submitted for the community project funding and would award Jackson's nonprofit Blue Light Development $1.5 million to launch a community center. So it 
It's not to pay for the grocery store. It's to pay for a community center. What community center? The cultural center? What is this? Uh, I'll, I'll click on that when I'm done reading this, actually. Sorry, I didn't do my due diligence. I was putting these articles together a month ago, and then I got COVID. Tonko spokesman Jonah Cohen said the grant has strict guidelines, and using it outside its originally stated purpose could put the funding in jeopardy if used incorrectly, like paying off loans, as he said. So Jackson is just saying the wrong thing. Like, <laughs> I suppose he'd be in trouble if he didn't say he was going to pay off the loans, but I think he has to say, oh, no, I can cover these loans. We're not in default. There's money on the way. But then Tonko's office says, well, this is for a different thing. That's the, and that's the problem with public funds that are just, you know, I'm, I'm okay with funds being tied to a thing. That's usually what they are for, right? Car loans are for cars. House loans are for houses. That's not what I have a problem with. But yes, there are onerous strings attached, right? You know, you can use money to do reconstruction of a building, um, but not to staff it. And I think maybe that was the issue here, that like the, the original funding could be used to renovate the building for a grocery store, but paying labor, stocking the shelves with consistent, diverse product, they're on their own for that. And it was a big sink of money. Yeah, so if incorrectly, if used incorrectly, funds could not be released or, if already awarded, taken back by the funding agency. Jackson said in an email, he and the nonprofit were aware of the guidelines and the grant funds would not directly pay off the loans. Instead, funds budgeted for administration and planning fees to build the center and covered by the grant would be reallocated to debt service. Jackson said. Our grant, quoting him, is budgeted for eligible federal uses only. What we decide to do with our fees as a separate philanthropic act is just that, a separate act to stabilize a necessary community asset. This plan does not preclude Blue Light from paying off the debt of other private trustees. Cohen also noted that grant funding, which would be paid in fiscal year 2024, is contingent on Congress passing its 2024 budget. At this point, there is no firm timeline on when or even if this will occur. If you know Congress news from the last two months, they lost, the, the speaker resigned, and it took Congress like a month to get a new one? Yeah, that's, uh, that's a hard, that's a big no, dude. Okay, so let's go to the front page. I'll type in South End Grocery and see if there was any new stories. So I brought up a number of things uh, so I can continue this conversation from point to point. Um, I clicked on the link for what was meant by the community center, and it's simply the letter that is basically from Taco's office uh, about one of the projects, and it's basically called the South End Economic Development Center Expansion Project uh, in the fiscal year of next year, 2024. Uh, the entity to receive funding for this project is Blue Light Development Group, located at 135 South Pearl. Federal funding will be used to acquire and construct the new community center facility, serving an economically disadvantaged community. The expanded campus, campus, more than one building, 
uh, will provide gathering and meeting spaces alongside food, health, wellness, and small business support services. Now, I, I'm all for community centers like these, though usually it's a means of nibbling at the edges of the actual problem, which is how our economy functions, how resources are really distributed, capital, the uneven development of it. Uh, I think the contradictions of capitalism I'll go through another episode, but I did bring up what's next for the African-American Cultural Center. And I was looking for what the uh, anything on the Small Business Development Center, but that, that will require its own research uh, stream, so to speak. So I'll just skip forward to the... From October 18th, so it was last month. Good, we're skipping ahead. Because in the, in the month between August and October, it became clear that the just paying some of the interest was not going to be enough, and it wasn't solving its the, the financial hole or crisis that the food center was in. So I'm pretty sure it's closing or has closed. Um, also, I think uh, Jackson, the guy, is going to be investigated. No, no reporting came up on that yet. It'd be nice if uh, the station has somebody who could go out and do that. Um, but hey, real community journalism is, I mean, I guess the real example of how it's done is it's, you get, you crowdfund a big amount of money, you crowdfund the same amount every year, uh, through memberships and, and general things like that. Uh, and then you can actually fund, uh, you know, actual journalism. So I think we need something like that. We need something for basically every social good that we need, whether it be grocery stores, Everything needs to act like a union, you know, syndicalism, it's called, where all the institutions act like a union. You know, they're, they're members supported by people's wages, where the wages come from, kind of each other. You know, it's kind of self-supporting. Eventually, you don't even need wages because everybody's doing the work for each other. And the only impediment to that is the fact that money and value has to be siphoned up through the economy. And that's why I mentioned the bank loans thing. You know, if we just cut out that part, then... Our money doesn't have to be going up to uh, the Wall Street level. And uh, it can stay circulating amongst us to the point where we can use other types of exchange. We can use, we don't have to do our commerce in exchange value, but use value. That's one of those things that, what does it mean to be socialist? What does it mean to be non-capitalist? is to value to use use value not exchange value that's for another time african-american cultural center's founders so these are the people who are not mr jackson uh start new nonprofit to fulfill mission because obviously they're not just gonna stop what they're doing vision features a mix of programming and housing for albany space this is by steve hughes so People involved. Alice Green Center is joined by fellow African-American Cultural Center founders Willie White, uh, Mark Bob Semple, during a news conference to announce new plans for the building on Wednesday on South Pearl Street and Madison Avenue. So apparently they still, because I believe they bought the building from Albany Housing, and it's a, I guess it depends on what the loans were for, or it's in default. Uh, so that's a mess. But uh, founders of the African-American Cultural Center, which dissolved weeks ago, announced plans to resurrect the center's mission for providing programming in the South End under a new nonprofit. You know, just start over. 
The new center will be called the Alice Moore Black Arts and Cultural Center after Green's grandmother. I'm actually, I, well, I bought her autobiography, and I'll be reading that over the next year or so. That's just a caption for the picture here. But the founders of the entity, formerly called the African American Cultural Center of the Capital Region, are rebooting the center's mission under a new name. Something that's hopefully not as much a mouthful. Although it, it isn't. I, I guess, uh, well, you, it's, I think it's probably easier to shorten it now since it has the name Alice Moore. So we can just call it the Moore Place or the Moore Art Center. That That's, that's nice. That's better. Uh, the new nonprofit, the Alice Moore Black Arts and Cultural Center, is opening under the leadership of Willie White, Mark Bob Semple, and Alice Green. The three were among the founders of the former cultural center in 2012. Oh, notice they changed it from African American to black. That's an interesting uh, change. Uh, no judgment whatsoever, in fact. I, it's better. It was interesting that to, the the switch to African American was you know I think made in the eighties, that was the politically correct slash. Well, let's try this on to call ourselves instead of black. You know we don't we just don't want it to be about black and white. We want to make it about us being Americans. That's what we're, we're about integrating. We're about inclusion here. But that's not forthcoming. And the argument in the last twenty years, especially you know that's what critical race theory is kind of predicated. It's one of its uh, conclusions is that America is politically white. White is a political category. There are many groups, ethnic groups, immigrant groups, that can become white. They can integrate, they can assimilate, and be white, be considered white. But there's one group that can't, can never pass or integrate as being white. Can you guess what group that is? Black. So, it's a political stance, or it's to use the political term black, because African American, as a political term, was meant to not cover over, not cover over, not to uh, obfuscate, to make uh, covered white versus black, but just as to not play into it. But that didn't work. So we're back to black, that having their own identity and all that. Um, the three were among the founders. Yeah. So they founded the cultural center back in 2012, not too long ago, actually. That's actually strange because I kind of felt like it was there longer, but, but they were not on the board when it voted last month to dissolve. The center did not have any staff and had lost its nonprofit status because it went bankrupt or it went into for-profit business with the blue light, you know, it's, these these entrepreneurial freaks, like yeah, we're going to use capitalism to solve social problems, because that's what my MBA taught me. But I'm I'm being cheeky. Green, who is also the executive director for the Center of Law and Justice, said the new center is named after her grandmother, the Alice Moore Foundation, a separate nonprofit that Green leads, owns the building at 135 South Pearl, where the African American Cultural Center was headquartered. Okay, so they do retain the space. But the nonprofit's dissolved, so they need to form a new one to use the space again. So that's, uh, that's okay, so that's not a total disaster. The group's plan is twofold, to create a center that features art and cultural programs for the community as well as providing housing 
How can they do that? Well, uh, I've done a tour of the building. Uh, the second floor has offices, though they could be refurbished into a unit or two. And the third floor is like a big open hall space, which someday, you know, could have been a banquet hall or something like that. Maybe they'll renovate that into a few units. There is much work to be done to make a real reality, Green said, but we're going to do it. And so many people have offered their services and their support in so many different ways. So we're absolutely delighted. Their hope is to erect a four-story building. Ah, okay, that's where the housing units come in. Because they do have a lot next door, which they've made in kind of a arts and craftsy kind of space. But it hasn't been really utilized outside of being kind of a dingy hangout space because it's just totally in shadow, regardless of what time of day it is. So uh, why not do some infill development, it seems. Um that's the plan. So turn it into, uh, so erect a four-story building next to 135 South Pearl. Turn it into a mix of market rate and affordable housing on the upper floors. Um, I guess the market rate is so they, when they take out loans to build it, they can pay the loans back. <laughs> Gotta do a little bit of capitalism, I guess. Green said developers had already approached them about purchasing the properties, but the nonprofit's founders didn't want to sell. So maybe this is some kind of compromise slash accommodation. Our commitment is to this community and to arts and cultural program. It's a very good corner building, but I get a developer wanted to buy it. It's crazy. I mean, there, there are enough empty lots and other dilapidated buildings to knock down and develop. I mean, it's just, it's just because you have a lot of empty space around the highways, right? Which is why it's so imperative to put it down on grade, take down the 787 highway so we can rebuild the neighborhood. Going back to the interviews I did uh, back in the summer. Um, The revenue from the apartments will provide a funding stream for the center's programming and the expanded space will give the center more room to operate. Hey, if there's any source of actual revenue that exists in our economy, it seems to be landlording. It's it, it's sort of tragic to think of it that way, though. That's like, well, we can't make money selling food or, or you know, break even, provide a service. We can't. No, no, we can only through real estate, only through real estate. Can any actual profit surplus be made in Albany? That's really, really concerning because these are the most social justice type people in the city and even they're like we need to rent apartments some at market rate that means they'll be two grand a month and some will be affordable what will that mean they're a thousand a month bob semple emphasized the need for a center in the neighborhood that could provide space for programs that reach people of all ages as well as space to have community conversations he urged anyone interested in helping to come forward and help develop the project. Well, that's kind of what we are here doing here, and we're just two blocks up the hill. I went to a program there, and I wasn't too impressed. They need a center like us, he said, and so we want to hear from everyone as well. This is about all of us. And sometimes you have these different centers and nonprofits. You you, You could notice that our mission as a community art center with a youth focus is kind of similar to this, but they have a black focus, you see. So it's a, there's a bit of the sectarianism, 
black nationalism kind of bit there. There's some hotep culture going on. That was the problem I had with the programming I went to. And uh, the African-American Cultural Center's board voted to dissolve the nonprofit last month after it lost its tax-exempt status from the RRS. That's where you get your status from. The board failed to file its legally required tax forms, commonly known as 990s, for years. The center had been heavily involved in the creation of the South and Grocery Store. The store had been closed since August, right? So it closed because of the, the thing with the fire extinguisher, and then it never reopened. Or, or rather, it, I guess it closed for good in August, uh, when its three lenders notified the center that the store was in default on half a million dollars worth of loans. Trayvon Jackson was the former executive director, now former, of the Cultural Center, and also oversaw operation of the grocery store. He joined the center's board in 2016 and spent the last two and a half years as executive director. The Jackson, Jackson's president of another nonprofit, which was formerly for-profit, I think, I'm told, Blue Light Development Group, that also financially supported the grocery store. Yeah, if it's a nonprofit, how did it financially support anything else? Shouldn't it be supporting what it's doing? Uh, he is not involved in the new Alice Moore Center. Jason Jackson declined comment on Wednesday. He better be out of there. Green said the first step for the new cultural center will be to find the money to fund an executive director to run it. It seems to me, though, that having these singular people running these organizations is the problem. You have all these nonprofits, and I, I swear, it is not, I don't think it's required by state law that they have this one particular structure of a board with like a bunch of volunteer kind of people, and then a one director, and then a pyramid, a corporate pyramid organization below them. All these nonprofits in the city, none of them are run democratically at all. I think there's there's some membership participation when it comes to the community loan fund or Honest Way Food Co-op. But there are all these smaller nonprofits doing arts programming or some community service. And it, it's all just a little, I mean, it's not a big pyramid usually. But the fact that it's like it's one person who's legally responsible for everything. But I want to point out I don't like it because I'm here to promote maybe not direct democracy, but liquid democracy where you can have a direct say and vote when you are empowered to, when you know what you're doing, when it's like, yes, I have something to say about this and I'm confident about it. Not when I'm, oh, I'm wishy-washy, so I don't know if my vote matters or I'll just vote for who does know what they're, who does sound confident. <laughs> and maybe that will be the, the grifter, the husker, the, the person who's doing something shady on the side. Maybe they're just doing what's best for them at the time, even though they're talking about community action and this and values. It, it's all very, it's quite a morass and it can make you very cynical very quickly. I know better ways of doing things. I can observe other orgs that do better, last longer, and don't have such drama, and don't have to reinvent or restart themselves. Just to think about how the African-American Cultural Center, I, I thought it was much older. It started in 2012. It's only been around a decade. It, that's how long it lasted. 
Now, it did require – I don't know if a, a previous nonprofit had that building. I guess I didn't have to ask about it. How did that come to be? Did, did they spend their you know decade – well, they've had the building for a while. That's why I thought they were around longer because they already seem to have the building. But maybe it was gifted to them. I don't know how these things work. But now you're going to have this uh, this new one, the Morris Center, and it will be the same building and, and, and they'll have apartments next door. So it's very interesting stuff. So lots more to say, lots more to discuss, and I think more research is needed, whether I'm just looking at Times Union articles and the kind of scant reporting they have there. Real reporting will require talking to more people, more neighborhood people. You know, what did you think about this? How was your experience with the grocery store? You know, you don't have that kind of reporting. Otherwise, it's just conjecture. It's what I heard. It's what people are talking about, you know, conversations. But again, some of the tears say my perceptions of real events that happen to me change month to month. So now I'm like, I always have to rethink how much I should be telling others about my problems. Because it's like, well, I could think about it a completely different way a month later. <laughs> and that's why a lot of people just keep things to themselves. But I don't think that's healthy either. So I don't think there's no winning, but there's we obviously have to muddle uh, about a better way of doing things. So I'll close with that. And the, uh, yep, I just have the theme music here. So thank you very much for joining me. Uh, this has been Dan Platt with What's Left in Albany. Uh, check me out um, on Facebook, Three Left Show, or Three, yeah, Three Left Show, What's Left in Albany on Facebook, on uh, Mastodon, Toot Toot, um, and also the archive of shows www.3lefts.news We the people are the ones who gonna have to fight. We used to say, which side are you on? Which side are you on? The truth is, we're in so much debt that the only way out is revolution or war. So now the question is, which side are you on? On, 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 on. See before I draw the line, let me welcome you close to all the folks who knew Obama sold the people a hoax, gave the money to suckers while our community still poor, withdrew the troops but started another war, colonizing, terrorizing, creating the oil crisis, so they can make a kill on no food and gas prices, prisons is filling, they trying to lock up the future, militarized borders and control of computers, want a stupid bump of music that ain't healthy for the shortest, privatizing schools and policemen in the hallways, can't be dormant, I'm a broken rise up, be ready, brought the family with us, and we hold the machetes. Riding the fence, riding the fence, too many people be riding the fence, yeah you say you ready for war, but are you convinced? I'm not convinced, if you're a rider, freedom fighter, crowd excited, then let's do this, we can make one big united, middle finger to the US, give me the bravest and the truest, the hippest and the coolest, we gon' spark this revolution, and cross this off our to-do list, put your foot down if you look down on this criminal system, put your book down and get shook down like my niggas in prison, don't be condemning and condoning their actions in one sentence, but keep your mind, choose your side, is you a patriot or a menace to society, so riot or sit by quietly, but don't pull out your flag and try to say you gon' ride with me, you flip-flopping like hip-hop, I don't get locked in that trick box, get got like big and pop, Scott the stop, I am the people, not the pig, I repeat after Fred, so please blow my brains out, if I ever forget, I'm with the Thinkers. I'm down with the movers and the shakers and the ex-handy drinkers, the non-smokers, the health advocates, the non-voters, the young bloods in the hood training like soldiers.
soldiers. I'm on the side of the tracks with the hood gardens. The little child that don't color inside the margins. I don't ride the fence. I cultivate my strength. Cause if it ain't about power, it don't make sense. I've been down with Boogie Down since BDP, some brown pride. And black power make RBG. A OG told me choose battles wisely. In the struggle, don't forget your children and your wifey. If you don't see me on the podium preaching it. Every day I hope my every action is teaching it. Cause revolution is a process. It's not a speech or a panel. Don't bite off more than you can handle. I'm with workers uprising and the right to unionize. We ain't crossed the border, so you better legalize. I'm with La Peña del Bronx. I'm still with Vitor Toro, cause gentrification is polluting my borough. So bro, never. South Bronx forever. Decolonize the block, make your neighborhood better. I ain't down with the rich, I'm more Richie Perez. Don't talk to grand juries or cooperate with feds. I'm with students, doctors, janitors, teachers. We need living wages, but they don't believe us. Monida, Barreto, Spofford, Hunts Point, my point, my hood, I love, we join forces, forming our deck, BX, taking over buildings, repudias for the children. Politics to sickness, streets express symptoms, caught up with a quickness, big business pimps them, scholars play the simpleton, fools play with wisdom, who will stand and fight back, who will play the victim? Trials and tribulations, injured generations, stolen history and outsourced innovation. Babel Tower fell, tribes are at war. The battle story's not represented in the score. The game's fixed, most of the faces and names switch. Credit stolen for art, science, religion, language, technology.